Welcome back to another episode of Stash Talk. We have a very special guest with us coming from Tennessee Volunteers basketball team. We have Josiah Jordan-James, and uh, I'd like to welcome you on here. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all for having me. I appreciate you for the kind words. I, I don't consider myself a special guest, but I appreciate that. Oh, you're, you're special in our hearts. So <laughs> uh, we'll begin by, uh, I'm going to just ask you some, we're going to ask you some questions throughout the podcast, you know, just about your life to let fans get to know you a little bit more, let us get to know you a little bit more. Um, so we'll, we'll start off with, tell us a little about your family, you got any brothers, uh, your parents, your, your sisters, maybe, or do you have any? Got you. So I'm born and raised in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, you know, I've been there my entire life before coming to the University of Tennessee. I have two great parents, um, and I also have a stepdad and a stepmom. Um, I have a older bro- two older brothers, two older sisters, but the brother I'm closest with is there's a five-year age gap between us, so I grew up with him. My two sisters and my oldest brother, I didn't really grow up with them uh, just because of the age gap. They're all in their 30s, early 40s, and so me and my brother are probably the closest out of all of our siblings, and growing up. You know, I, he was the big reason why I got into basketball. I come from a basketball background. My dad played basketball at Michigan State. And, you know, I had uncles who played at, at different colleges and universities. And my mom, her job for a long time, for 20-plus years, was refereeing college basketball. And so, you know, growing up, I was always around the game of basketball. But the reason I really got into it was I always I was really like an, a little annoying brother who just wanted to do everything my older brother wanted to do. I, I would want to be where he was at, do what he was doing. And I played all the sports that he played. So growing up, he played soccer, t-ball, um, basketball, football. I played all three of those. My mom didn't end up letting me play football like he did. But basketball really stuck stuck home to me. And, you know, it's gotten me to many places around the world and where I'm at today. You're, you are not you, – you hit the nail right on the head. You – I'm looking at, you know, your, your bio. And, uh, when you say you come from a basketball family, you are correct. Um, four of your uncles played, one of them played at Ball State, Alabama State, Hawaii and Furman. Um, so, I mean, you're talking about basketball that just, I mean, that's just, I mean, I guess It's, it's been a big part of my life, like basketball, from a very early age, it's just something that I was always around the game, whether it was going to my brother's practices or tournaments or, you know, we had a hoop outside where I come home from school and that's the first thing I do. I, my mom would reluctantly make me have to do my homework and I would reluctantly do it. But, you know, after that, I'm trying to get outside, play, play, play on the hoop, play against my uncles, play against my brother, play against my dad. And, you know, that was really just like something that I, I started at for fun. I never knew I could take it as far as I have. And, but it's just been something that, you know, it, whether I'm having a good day, a bad day, I always, from a very early age, just wanted to play basketball and be around the game. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so you said you're from Charleston. Um, yeah. What 843. High, oh my gosh. What, <laughs> what, what high school did you go to? And uh, tell us about maybe some of your, uh, your awards or your high school career? Right. So I went to Port Gout High School. I went there um, for middle school and high school. I have lifelong friends, uh, great relationships. And I, I still go every time I'm back in Charleston, I, whether they're in school or out of school, I go and work out over there. I go say what's up to my teachers. And so I have a uh, I, I'm indebted for them for all that they've done for me. My brother went to school there. And, um, you know, my dad still has he coached me when I was in eighth grade in middle school climbing through the ranks over there. He's still coaching there today. But yeah, Portugal means a lot to me. You know, it, it helped me grow up a lot. It it shaped me. My high school head coach over there, who's really like a, another father figure to me, John Pearson, like the impact that he's had on my life and the lives of other guys who, who've taken basketball to the next level is, is it's really hard to put into words. He He's taken us under his wing and he's given us a lot of guidance throughout the years. And even to this day, like, it had, our relationship has only gotten stronger since I've left and, and gone off to college. And I, I know I can say that for a lot of other guys who have done the same. But um, I didn't start taking basketball serious until I probably say my sophomore going into my junior year. I had a couple of, of mid-major offers before then, but um, I, I would say that summer I really started getting to the weight room. It's really started, you know, working out before school, after school. 
and, and taking it very serious. And that's when, you know, I, I became a, a highly touted recruit. I was I was blessed to be recruited at a very high level. Um, I, I Somebody asked me the other day, and I actually have it written down in my notes, I was fortunate enough to receive over 40-plus Division One offers, which is, I mean, it's, it's a blessing to think about. And, you know, I was a McDonald's All-American. I played for Team USA. I got invited to Steph Curry camp, Team USA camps. And so basketball is taking me all across the world, all across the country. And, you know, I never thought that I could take it this far, but, you know, I'm very fortunate and blessed. And the one thing I've learned along the journey is to always be who you are, but to always be humble for sure. But my high school career, it it played out, uh, I would say, in a sense, perfectly. It was, it was a lot of fun. So you uh... – Basically, what I'm getting out of this is you're the face of the franchise. You're the face of, of poor guy. Um, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that because we have two guys who are in the NBA right now, Chris Middleton, who plays for the Milwaukee Bucks, and somebody who I grew up and played with. And I wouldn't be the player or the person I am without his guidance and help. He was a year older than me, Aaron Neesmith. He plays for the Indiana Pacers. But – those two guys, I would probably give it to one of them. Probably Chris because he's won a, a world championship with the Milwaukee Bucks. So I, I would, I can't, I, I appreciate the the words of wisdom and and the congratulations, but I can't, I can't hey, take that time. This is not coming from me. This, I am <laughs> looking at the, I'm looking at poor God athletics, and okay. the first person I see that comes up on athletics is you. See, I didn't know that. That's that's good to know. See, so I've, I'm doing my uh, my research, and you're the face of the franchise. So I appreciate that. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you might have mentioned this one a little bit earlier, um, but do you do you maybe remember your first basketball memory? Oh man, <sighs> my first basketball memory. Jeez. It would definitely have to be, so I'm from North Charleston, um, and there was a rec center that I, I grew up and played at, you know, it's two minutes, five minute walk from my house, and I would say the first memory I have is meeting my best friend, whose name is Joseph Powell, and we were on the same team. I remember we had green jerseys, long green socks, and I remember the day I met him, I was like, I really like this guy, and we've stayed in, in contact, we stayed best friends since since then i'd probably say we're about five or six years old but i mean i've seen pictures of me in a crib um playing with with basketballs when i'm three four years old i have a my dad's shoes on holding a basketball so you know it's it's been something that i grew up around but i say that's my first memory just being at north charleston recreational center with with joseph all right all right i'd say that's one of our most most in-depth um, answers to that question. Usually we just get, oh yeah, I played t-ball, uh, <laughs> like that. But um, no, some of these questions are confusing because I'm gonna have to reword this next one. Um, okay. So usually we ask, you know, the baseball players, did you play any travel ball? Um, for basketball, it's AAU. Um, yeah. And you already mentioned you, you know, you're the best to come out of South Carolina. <laughs> um, so. Um, I don't know. Wait, I know one person that's got you beat. Zion. Who's that? Zion. He definitely does. And like <laughs> I said, I can't take the cake for King of South Carolina. There's there's Zion Williamson, John Morant. We have great quality athletes. And, and South Carolina is not really known as a basketball state, but I think through the past couple of years, we've gotten a lot of notoriety. That's true. Ever play Zion? So I played against Zion Williamson. It was my eighth grade year, his freshman year, at our Portugal Holiday Classic. It's around Christmas time. They do it every year. And we ended up beating them, but he had a monster game. This was before the world knew Zion. This was really when he was on the, on the cusp of, of superstardom, um, before all the videos and all the hoop mixtapes. But this was before he blew up. He's still a really good player, still a freak athlete. I remember just being in awe watching him. And then his senior year, we played against Spartanburg Day, but he had some injury where he wasn't playing. So I played against his team twice, but him only once. He kind of he picked and chose when he wanted to play. He definitely did. End. He really did. He definitely did. did. I mean, he had so much, in a sense, so much to lose, and he's playing against, I mean, it was a massacre every time he stepped out on the floor. But I, I love watching the videos that, that came from it. 
So you know the little eighth grade kid or the little kid that guarded him? Yeah, I remember. I, I remember. Okay. Bryson Bishop. Kirby, Kirby played against him. Okay. Did Bryson give you buckets? Uh, yeah. Not really. We won. <laughs> we won. But okay. it was kind of like when y'all played Zion. Like he was. Like he's, yeah, he's, okay. gonna, he's gonna get his points for sure. But but the wins is all that matters. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I actually have, I think this, if I go back to my memory, I think this is true. I can go my senior year basketball, which would have been your senior year also. Yeah. We, I think if we would have won our first game in the playoffs, I think we were supposed to play y'all. Which would have sucked because we would have had to come all the way. No, 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 no. (laughs) We would have had to play y'all in the. We had to play y'all in the state championship if we would if both did, did y'all get there in the state championship? We did my senior year? Yeah. We didn't. Cardinal Newman beat us in the semifinals. Yeah. I remember cuz all we cuz we weren't yeah, we would have had to play y'all at some point and that would have been That would have been a great matchup. No, look, unfortunately. No. no. <laughs> it would have been it would have been good for the podcast. We would have had a lot of memories, a lot of things I could talk to you about. Yeah, me giving you a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but I love the confidence. All right. Everybody knows that I would beat you in one-on-one, so that's all that matters. I don't know who everybody is, but whoever they are, they need to, to stop doing whatever they're doing <laughs> and get their mind right. They got to rethink life. My mind is right. I can beat okay. you one-on-one, and we can solve okay. this problem whenever you want. Hey. Hey, space and opportunity. The gym's right downstairs. Like whenever you, I can give you the Pratt code. You can come over whenever. All right, I'll be there. If that if that's the case, then I think I can. I know for a fact I can hit a home run on you. That's not No you. questions I, asked. No, not, Kirby. No questions asked. No, not even a chance. Hey, <laughs> there's only one way we can solve this. All right, we will figure this out. By the time we are done here, we'll figure this out. So y'all are, y'all are stealing my last question because <laughs> mine last week we had Kiki on and mine was Kirby against Kiki who wins. Oh, Kiki is hitting a home run. She she's what? 10 times out of 10 she's ki- hitting it out the park. She said No, she she, ad- she admitted she couldn't touch him. Oh wow. I have more confidence that Kiki has in herself. She said it moves too much. She would have a better <laughs> chance against a guy throwing straight velo. She felt like she could hit Joyce before oh. she could hit Kirby. That's fair. I, I've watched Kirby too much. I, I know what he likes to do. I know his tendencies. So I, I know what to expect. Yeah. Same with you. <laughs> My only problem is if you no, if you get me in the post, then we're done. But I got might have problems. I got you on the outside. Okay, yeah, your perimeter game. Yeah. I love it's it. Unto- it's unstoppable. Okay. You need to come help me then. All right, I got you. I, can, I know some drills we can work on. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Before this gets out of hand. So everybody has a recruiting story. Tell us, you've already said you got, like, offers from 400 schools. Yeah, getting offered by every single school in America. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say the 40 is impressive. I so how did you end up at UT? So, yeah, I mean, there were schools that would offer me throughout the recruiting process where I was like, mm, yeah, I really not. I appreciate the offer, but I'm not even going to really consider it. Just whether it was too far from home or um, I just wasn't vibing with it. And so I when I cut my list down, I cut it down to around nine schools, schools across the country in Tennessee. Fun story. Fun fact. Tennessee was my first power five offers so I had before I got the University of Tennessee offer I had Charleston Southern and College Charleston two hometown schools who had known me really well but um, Tennessee was my first power five offer and I remember exactly where I was we're in North Carolina and coach Schwartz who's the head coach at Eastern Carolina now who was my lead recruiter when he was an assistant coach here uh, came and watched me and coach Barnes came and watched me and after the game I remember I had a very bad game but the thing about it was I always played up. And so I might have been 14 or 15 years old playing against the 17 and under guys. And I don't think – I remember it very well. I didn't have a great game. It was really kind of a bad game. but And I was kind of disappointed because I'm like, dang, my big-time school is here to watch me. My coach is here. And, or Coach Barnes is here. And I didn't really perform well. We lost the game. But after the, the game, Coach Barnes um, told me to call him. And so I called him, and I was in the parking lot. And – 
I get on the phone with him. He's like, turn around. I want to come. I want you to come talk to me real quick. And he was right behind me. And I, I walked over to the car and that's when he offered me the scholarship. And so that's when our relationship really started. I was in eighth grade going to ninth grade. Uh, it was that summer. And so that's when our relationship started. And throughout the years, um, no matter how many offers I got, I always stayed in contact with Coach Barnes and Coach Schwartz. And so they ended up making my list and they were my first official visit school. And one thing that stuck out to me about that official visit was just the, the camaraderie. Everybody, you know, when they decide to commit to a school, they talk about a family atmosphere. But it, was, it really stuck out to me because all the players, not just Grant Williams, who was my host, it was 1 through 15. They, they came to my hotel. They greeted me. They hung out with me for the entire week. And they felt me. They made me feel like I was at home. And, and that really came down to really why I ended up choosing Tennessee. And another reason was throughout the recruiting process, you know, coaches, you can kind of tell when coaches are just giving you BS for, you know, because they just want to get you on campus and, and have you on their team. And so coaches will say whatever. And I, I learned that the hard way. But Coach Barnes would always tell me I was, I was good at what I, what I was good at, but the things that I needed to work on. And so, you know, being a better defender was something that he always told me after games and he wanted to see out of me. And, and he also showed me how he can help me become a better shooter. And those two areas of my game since being at the University of Tennessee have become two of my, my the best areas of my game. And so he stayed true to his word, but that really stuck out to me because he, he told me how good of a player I was, but how much further I had to go and how much further I still have to go today. So side question, did the Citadel make you an offer? They did. No, 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 they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They told my coach they knew they would. <laughs> they knew it would be a – I wouldn't be there attending school there. But I forget who the coach was at the time. But it's not the same coach who's there now because Coach Conroy is there. But the coach at the time, he was like, yeah, we're not even going to waste our time. <laughs> Actually, the coach that would have been there during your recruiting – I remember his face. I don't know his name. So our middle, my middle son, Kirby's middle brother, was actually a volunteer assistant for them. Um, like during the winter, he played baseball also at the Citadel. Oh, wow. But but he worked out with the worked the basketball team out and was a volunteer assistant coach, just to kind of give him some help. That's big time. So. You think Coach Barnes would let me do that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Right. Especially with the way you're talking about your perimeter game, we can use everybody over here to use that. Yeah, we need the tips and tricks. I'm just not very well on the defense part. You count me out on the defense. See, see, yeah, that's where you and Coach Barnes not gonna see eye to eye at. That's that, that's a, where the problem will arise. I'm a big zone guy. You know, I okay, like to, I like yeah. to man the man the middle. Okay, you don't like to do a whole lot of movement. Nah, nah, I just yeah. you know, I feel you got to save you got to save your energy for the other end. Yeah. Nah, get it, get it out of the rim, get it out and go. I like so I can't, fast. I can't pull it up because I'm on my phone, Kirby. But I would love to show him the picture. Of, I'll send it to him later. Of you playing can, defense. Let's see if I can find it. What's what his, is the kid? Was what is he? Six eleven? Yeah, you know what I'm talking foot? about. He went to uh, Christ Church. Christ Church, Christ Church, six eleven. He plays for the. Uh, oh my God, I'm out. Not off the top of my head. Oh, hang on. Like, Kirby, Kirby's all of 5'10". <laughs> Guarding him. Defense against this kid. I mean, this kid was seven foot tall. I think he was 6'11 <laughs> or seven foot. Weighed all of 140 pounds at the most. <laughs> and like, poor Kirby is just beating this kid's knees to death. I can only imagine. It was probably a brutal day for him. But like, I mean, I'll give it to him. I got to find he, this. He played in there. I've got. Several pictures of it. I gotta see. I gotta know. I gotta. I gotta see if I know who it is. John so, but, John Butler Jr. Yeah. Oh yeah. John was this big in high school, bro. Yeah. I know. Ex- <laughs> He's like seven one. Yeah. Yeah. Kirby Kirby literally guarded him. We went. <laughs> we went a three two defense, and because John didn't ever want to play down low. Yeah. John wanted to work up to the foul uh-huh. line. Uh huh. Thought he was a point guard and would try to shoot threes all the time. I'm like, I'm seven foot tall playing public school basketball. Give me the You're ball. You're down in the pole. Exactly. I'm it every time. But 
Yeah, Kirby guarded him at least twice, I know. There you go. You got to show me that too. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he didn't know what he was in for that day. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> he pinched him. He pushed him. He shoved him. <coughs> so, who did you grow up a fan of? What college? College. I was really... And I can say this now. I've always been a bandwagon fan. So whoever was winning, that's who I like. So at, at one point, if we're talking about college basketball, I like Louisville. I like Coach Patino. Um, I like Coach Calipari in Kentucky, which is, is really a thin for me to say today. But I was a big fan of them. And College of Charleston. College of Charleston games were a lot of fun. My friend's dad, who he coaches at Michigan State now, but he was a coach at College of Charleston, Doug Wojcik. And he has two sons, Paxson and Denim. They would always invite me to go over to the games over there. So I went to a handful of those games. So I'd probably say those three teams for sure. North Carolina? Carolina. No, didn't like North Carolina. Duke? Didn't really like Duke either. Good. Good answer. (laughs) No, I'm not a Dukie. And and see, I'm weird because my two favorite college basketball teams are Duke, number one, and Carolina. See that? I feel like that just doesn't correspond. I feel like that's a sin. It does. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> it's not. So, so you root for Duke every time they play North Carolina, or does? Yes, it... okay. yes. But if not, I'm pulling for both of them. So me, oh, wow. me, and my sister-in-law, we both like North Carolina. Okay, right. and then so my oldest brother Cody, he likes Duke. So him and his wife are button heads every yeah. single time they play. And then dad just chooses Duke because. <laughs> that is crazy. See, I, I normally choose the team because of the coach. Oh, yeah. And but Coach K isn't there anymore, so are you still a Duke I know. fan? Yeah, see, that's the problem. So, All right, right, right. Like, I was a huge coach. I'm, I like – some people will disagree with this. I'm sure somebody will rebuttal me. But overall, I like high-integrity guys. So, like, football – uh, I'm a Florida State fan because I love Bobby Bowden. Right. I I actually love Dabo. I'm not a Clemson fan, but I love Dabo. Dabo's a great guy. I like Dabo too. I I like Coach K. You know, I mean, like guys that last a long time and overall do things right. I yeah. kind of like. For sure, I can respect I, I don't, that. I definitely don't like Alabama football, but. Like I you got to respect Coach Saban. Yeah, Coach Saban. Yeah, I mean, I respect him. I, I don't. Yeah. I won't say I like him. Yeah, but man, he has got to be. I'm. I'm going to put him up there, top three to five all time college sure. football coaches. So, so talk to us about the coaching staff, and what is it like to play for them. It's a lot of fun. We have different dynamics on our coaching staff. So we have Coach Clark, who's the young gun. He, I think he just turned 30. And so he's really, I think he's one of the youngest assistant coaches in Division One college basketball. And he gives us a lot of guidance just because he played college basketball. He's been in our shoes. Coach Ganey also has played college basketball. His son is on our team. Um, and seeing their dynamic has, has been really fun. It's their first year together. He transferred from UNC, USC Upstate. Um, so Coach Coach Rod and Coach Ganey are great. B. Lentz has been here all four of my years, and he his kids have, have grown up here. It's been great seeing his kids grow up because they're always in the gym with us. Um, who else is here? Coach GP, he's been here for three years. It's Coach Barnes' right-hand man, his, his best friend. And I call him, his name's Greg Polinski, but I, he's like 70-something years old. I call, I say GP stands for grandpa. And so I give him a hard time about that. But he uh, was in the NBA from, with the Brooklyn Nets and the Detroit Pistons in the front office. And so he has a lot of great insight. And I think as a whole, they just complement each other very well. And they complement Coach Barnes great, keeping him at ease at times when, when things aren't going well and, you know, just – pouring confidence into to us as the, as the players. <coughs> so what are your expectations for this <laughs> next year? I guess it would be 2023, 2024. Yeah. I mean, I, I came back wanting to win. 
you know, that's that's the biggest goal. That's the biggest thing. But the thing I want to do most is is make history. Tennessee's never been to a Final Four. Tennessee's obviously never won a national championship. I just want to win as many games as possible. I want to win the SEC regular season championship, the tournament championship, and make history in the tournament. And, you know, we, we had a really good season last year, made it to the Sweet 16, which none of us on the team at the time had done before. But, you know, our goals and, and sights are set to, to higher things. We know it's it's hard getting to the Sweet 16, and it's going to be even harder to get to the lead eight and Final Four. But we know that, you know, if we have good daily habits right now, that it will carry over to late in the season. I love that. I love that. <laughs> All right, so – have you you you've graduated right i have all right what'd you what'd you graduate with communication studies okay okay wait uh, is that is that not a good thing no it is it is okay okay yeah ask him what his master's is yeah what are you what are you doing what are you taking for master's agricultural leadership shout out megan anderson you're in agricultural leadership education and communications i am how are, are we you? Not, how are we not in the same classes? That's crazy. How many classes are you in right now? I'm only taking three. Okay, I'm in two. That's crazy. I might have to. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen your name on any of the what, discussion what boards. What classes are you taking? Do you know? Mm, it, is it bad that I don't know them off the top of my head? No. Okay, because I definitely don't. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. I don't think we're in the same class. Yeah, we would we would have done that already. Yeah, uh, you would have been on the discussion board somewhere. <sighs> That's funny that we're in there. Thanks to, yeah, thanks to Megan. Shout out, Megan. Yeah. So, for everybody, um, men's basketball and baseball share the same academic advisor. Um, Megan Anderson, we mentioned this two, three, four episodes ago um, about talking about, like, support staff that, you know, baseball has. And, you know, Megan works for basketball also. So, you know, when – when basketball is making their run in the playoffs, um, she's not with us um, at the early of the season. Um, and when and when y'all are in Omaha at the SEC tournament, she's not she's not what she's out over there with y'all too. Yep, yep. She puts that's, in a lot of work. That that is true. That is true. Yeah, for sure. Even if she's not there, we're still doing work. Exactly. You are gonna get that text <laughs> reminder. Hey, reminder. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna ask both of you. Do y'all ever do anything personally for her? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. We baseball, we get her um Christmas gifts and stuff like that. We get her like Valentine stuff, birthday stuff. We gave her we gave her an a, a ring um when we won SEC turn SC tournament. So I don't know about basketball. Sorry. She got she got a ring from us too. Okay. Me, I haven't personally done something for her in a while, just because I haven't been over at Thornton because I don't have any more study hall. But now that you reminded me, I'm gonna do something nice for her within the week. I gotta so go you, over there and say hello. See, so you two could tag team and get yeah, her something you, nice and for sure make her day. Let's do it. I'm down. We can do that. The problem is, I I, I hardly ever see Megan be, unless she comes to the field because. I, I went to I went, we had study hall yesterday and I went to Thornton mm-hmm. to sign in and I told the lady I said this isn't going to work I've tried it many places <laughs> and it's not going to work my QR code is not going to work and she was like at least try it and I was like try, try it the first time and I was like didn't work so you can tell that's I've been to Thornton twice this year yeah I, I don't go over there anymore and I you know early on you know the first four years you're over there every day no matter what time <laughs> you got hey, you got practice day. at two but you got study hall at 1 30 you're, <laughs> you're gonna get some work done you're not just going to study hall to, to lounge around nope. you're gonna get some work done so uh all right I'm trying to think about this I, I'm trying to think about the answer before I ask you the question Okay. Uh, so, your mind what is your greatest non-basketball moment so far at Tennessee? Easily, which is I hate saying this in front of you because we were supposed to be on the same ball leaders trip, but we weren't. But when I went with the other cohort the next summer and we went to Africa and just the whole experience over there being around the student athletes that we were around, the administration that we were around, but also like the kids and 
the people and the population over there, like just seeing how they live and how grateful they are to have, you know, in our eyes, it seems like so little, but the happiness and joy that, you know, can never be taken away. It, it was it was amazing. You know, we, we did a lot of service work. We went to different villages, but the the memory that sticks out the most is there was a grand opening of a park in, an, in, an, in a village in Africa, and there was a swing set, a merry-go-round, a, a basketball court, and like monkey bars, and it was their first time seeing it when we were over there, and just the joy and the excitement and the love that they, they gave us from the work that we did, the little work that we did was was amazing. And it's, it's hard to describe, but that would by far be my greatest accomplishment. So, side question. Do y'all get to go back and do anything with Vol Leaders once you're done with your time? We have like mm-hmm. a, we have, I know this, we try to hold a Vol Leaders, uh, like alumni weekend. Um, but it's always during baseball, so. They did it. They did. They came to a they came to a game last year, and then they went and did something on like Saturday. But we played at twelve o'clock, so I couldn't do it. So, but yes, they they do. We get well. So like we get here. I'm, I y'all can't see it. Never mind. Um, we get like a box. Um, yeah. It it opens. I'm about to, just so I know what's in it. So no, did they ever bring y'all back to speak or anything? They haven't yet. I know they have with people who were in earlier cohorts, like who are maybe a couple of years older than us, but they haven't asked me or anybody from my cohort that I know of. They haven't asked me. I can tell you that. Yeah, that, <laughs> they definitely haven't asked me. So I'll let you see this, Dad. So they gave you like a Ball Leaders Academy, like Legacy Series. It's a pretty cool box. I'm not going to lie. And then it Very comes neat. with like the picture you take with your group. Um, a shirt, an envelope, and like a Vol Leaders Academy thing. And then they do like this series within the class where they send like notes to Vol Leaders alumni. And well, I don't have anything in here, but um, like people that are in the class that are in the cohorts, they write letters to like, so like for me, I got one from Chuck Taylor um, because, like, I nominated him to be in Ball Leaders. Um, so stuff like that. But, no, that's that's about it. And then they do, like, the Ball Leaders alumni. So it's pretty cool. I'd say. I'd agree. <laughs> All right. What is, what is something that a normal fan would need to know about Triple J? would need to know about me hmm. something new that's come up and has uh, come about recently is I've started reading books I like romance novels and so there's an author by the name of Colleen Hoover who I've read about eight or nine of her books and she's ha- she has probably about 15 or 20 of them and so I would say this past summer and, you know, the past couple of months, I've started reading more. And I say that's a pretty interesting fact about me. I don't see you reading. See, and, and my teammates and my friends give me such a hard time about it. And everybody says the same thing. Like every time I post a book or anything like that, it'll be like, you know, you didn't read this book. You sparked notes, the whole thing. <laughs> but no, I really do enjoy reading. Like if you had said anything other than, Romance novel. <laughs> I would have been okay. And I went, okay, that's cool. But then you just went. <laughs> I can't help it. I love it. I mean, it's it's so much emotion. And I Listen, just. I, I'm with you because my <laughs> wife gets tired of watching like romance movies. Yeah. So like if I see one that I think is cool and she goes, oh, that's cheesy. Like I watch it when I work out at the gym. Uh-huh. So. But I don't know that I'm reading a romance novel. <laughs> but you be you. Mind. You be you. For sure. That's all I can be. I tried, so to, I tried to start the, reading. The it didn't last long. That's okay. I think I got like three pages into this book right here. Not going to lie. What book is it? It's the... Uh, hang on. 
the dare to lead that we oh, got okay. from the vol leaders. Yeah. Let's see. I'm on page. <laughs> yeah, let me know. I'm on page 22, and I don't think it's it actually starts on page three. So. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. That's better than what you did. What you thought you did. <laughs> That's true. So he kind of stole my next. Yeah, question. you answered our question of what you do in your free time. I guess you read. Romance yeah. novels. I I mean it's not like I don't read them every day. I usually read. It it helps me go to sleep at night, and so that's really one of the benefits that and why I do it a lot right before I go to sleep because it helps me go to sleep. And but I I mean I do I play video games like earlier before I came to the gym I was playing Call of Duty and 2K because it's an off day today so I had a lot of free time. Uh, I try to do some form of yoga one time a day, whether it be 10 minutes or 30 minutes or any anywhere between there. So I um, saw that on your bio. What does that do for you? Yeah, it's just I feel like I get so caught up from going from one thing to the next to the next to the next. And yoga just gives me a place to just be on my mat and to breathe and be there for my, my mind and helps me physically as well with all the you know one thing that I thought that wasn't true about yoga is that it was just stretching and it's so much more than that it's a lot of standing poses is a lot of core work it's a it's really a workout depending on the class that you do but I would say the the breathing helps me most just because I'm able to focus on my breath and it gives me peace of mind while doing it and afterwards as well so do you use it in the game in the game, I, I do yoga before every game. But in the game, I mean, you know, you have a bad play, but things will be what they'll be. So you just got to take a deep breath and take that next step and don't let the what what happened in the past affect what, what's going to happen in the future. Don't dwell on the past. I got a question for your uh, your reading. I feel okay, like I, I feel. Like, do you read it? Do you like when you read? Do you read it out loud or do you read in your head? I read in my head. Do you change voices though? Like when you're reading, like when it goes one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, you got to give the characters their their space. It can't just be me reading it. No, if it's, I'm, I'm using my imagination <laughs> to its fullest capabilities. I one hundred percent. I'm imagining what I think this person looks like, how they're described. And I'm saying it how I think they would say it. All right. <laughs> but at least you're not reading it out loud, though. Nah, no, no, no. I'm not. No, no, no. Can't do that. <laughs> if you had a walk-up song, what would it be? Like, if you, like, for an introduction, like, what would, it, what would your song be? Like, when they're doing the starting five, and they say number 30. They say number thirty, Josiah, Jordan James. What song would play? My walk-up song would probably be. Is it bad to say it'd be Rocky Top? Is that a bad answer? No comment. Uh, that's my that's my <laughs> walkout song for our Market Square Two Madness tomorrow night. So I would have to go with that answer right now. All right. Well, since you elaborated on the Market Square Madness, I was going to ask you that later, um, but... Um, I apologize. No, you're fine. I'm jumping you're the fine. gun. It's fine. Talk to us. Let us know a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's something that we've been doing the last year or two years, but it's just a, you know, a fan experience where you can come out, hang out with us, hang out with the lady volunteers, and have skills competition. It's like a two-hour event over in Market Square, and it's a lot of fun. You get to interact with us. We get to interact with you, and you, you know, get excited for the season. All right. Yeah. So can you sing Rocky Top? <laughs> Not the whole song, but Rocky Top, you'll always be home, sweet home to me. Good old Rocky Top. Woo! <laughs> Rocky Top, Tennessee. Yeah, I know. I know the main part, the okay. most important part. Yeah, we. Uh, so I'm a pastor, and we 
had a singing group in Sunday night, and we had been talking earlier because uh, he's a Georgia fan, had gone to the football game Saturday mm-hmm. and asked me about the stuff on my vehicle. And I was like, well, I'm a UT baseball fan, Georgia football fan. And so in the middle of their concert, he sang Rocky Top. <laughs> and like we're in Carolina with yeah. all these USC fans and Clemson fans. Oh man. Nobody sang along. Except I for, bet yeah, he was the only except one. Except for me and my wife. And then we got to the <laughs> end and went, Woo! And he went, That's a true Tennessee fan when you know when <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That's the trademark right there. Oh so uh Swing the next one. What's your favorite basketball movie? My favorite basketball movie would have to be Coach Carter. Okay. Okay. Oh. Why? Yeah. Just because I I feel like it teaches you so many life lessons through the game of basketball. And him as a coach, he cared about his players more than the game of basketball. And life is so much more than any sport, any game, any job that you can have, and I feel like that movie helps portray that. You're not a big fan of White Men Can't Jump? You know what's crazy? I've never seen that movie. I've never seen it. And I saw they just came out with one with, like, a, a sequel with Jack Harlow, and I, I heard it was awful. So I'm not definitely not going to watch that, but I do have to watch it. Just like one. Space Jam 2 is not anywhere close to Space yeah, Jam. Yeah, terrible. I cut it off within, like, 10 minutes of watching it. All right. Um, okay. Who who would you say has been your biggest influencer in or supporter in becoming, you know, where you're at now? It would have to be my mom. Um, both of my parents, my like, have done an incredible job, and they sacrificed so much for me within the game of basketball, but also within life in general. But my mom has been like my rock my best friend you know my provider and she's sacrificed more than anybody in this world for me to be where I'm at today and you know I in the the days where it's like it's it's hard to get up I'm tired I'm sore I just remember how much she worked for my brother and I to put us through private school and how many jobs that she worked and how much she sacrificed and so a lot of what I do now is because of her, just because seeing her get get up and go to work every day, work three jobs at a time, and I do a lot of it for her. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Um, so what has been your favorite moment playing at Tennessee? It would have to be winning the SEC tournament in Tampa my junior year. Just that celebration on the floor, the tears, the – the screaming, the happiness is is something that is is hard to describe. But you know, the people who were able to be there and go through it, it, it's like we created a bond for forever through that through that moment. We yeah, because that's when y'all want it in the winter. We want it in the yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's when I really started liking baseball. <laughs> Before I came to college, I hated baseball. I thought it was like I played I stopped playing baseball when the kids started throwing. I played machine pitch. <laughs> but when the kid, I'm like, bro, I'm not letting I don't trust myself to throw it from the mound to me. Why would I trust him? And so I stopped playing them, but they always had me in the outfield and nobody would hit it to the outfield cuz we were so young. And so I would sit there and I would pick up the grass and it was just so boring to me. But when I got to Tennessee, I got to see what good baseball was like, really good baseball. And so I started to learn more, and I started to ask questions and go to a lot more games. And so I I would consider myself a a huge Tennessee baseball fan, but a pretty – like I'll watch a baseball game now, even if it's not a Tennessee game. Well, hey, anytime you want to come, every home weekend, Friday and Saturday – I'm not there on Sundays, but Friday and Saturday, I've got a wall you can help me hold up, like – Right okay. behind home plate, like unless they kick he me don't out, sit I'm down. standing right there. Oh. <laughs> like I don't. I have, I have not only the seats that Kirby 
gets for us. Uh-huh. But I have two seats that I have set in for three innings in four years. Oh wow! So I just those are yeah, those are your seats. Well, I just <laughs> use them to get our granddaughters in the game and things like that. Uh-huh. But like right, kind of right behind our home on deck circle, up against the wall, right. up there. I'm standing there every ball game. Perfect. So you're welcome okay. to come. I might have to take you. Up you're on welcome that. to come stand with us. You'll hear some. Really interesting things. <laughs> I can only imagine. So what's been your worst moment? Worst moment. Hmm. Worst moment. Uh, Me when I beat you. Probably. <laughs> yeah, my worst moment hasn't come yet, according to Kirby. But I would say my freshman year, after it was after Christmas, we played Wisconsin and we lost at home by like thirty five points. And I think it was by far my worst loss since being here. But it was one of the worst games I've ever been a part of. It was a massacre on their end. I remember at one point our own fans started booing us. It was that bad, and I thought it was over with after that. Uh, I was like, I don't want to play like because I had played probably eight or nine games up until that point, but. That was the first time that I really got my welcome to college moment. Then I bet Coach Barnes let you hear about it. For probably a week straight unless and until we probably beat somebody else by 40 points. But luckily, our second game of the season this year is at Wisconsin. So hopefully we can repay, for, repay them for what they did to so us. Then y'all, don't we play at North Carolina? We do. I don't know when that is, but I know it's a part of the SEC ACC challenge. So yeah, that'll be a big time matchup for sure. And I have the guy who I mentioned earlier, Coach Wojcik, his son, who I grew up with when he was at College of Charleston, coaching there, is on the team at North Carolina. And so it'll be good to to play against him. It'll be a lot of fun. Those tickets will not be cheap. No, not at all. Actually, I'm about to look when that's up. Um. So, have you had any interaction with a fan, a Vol fan, or any other fan, that has just, like, stood out to you that was either good or bad? So, I would say my sophomore year, I was walking on the strip, and, you know, sometimes you'll be on the strip, it'll be crowded, and people will come say hello, this and that, and say what's up. But one, it was an older guy, he was definitely in his, like, 40s or 50s. He just told me how much of a disappointment I had been up until that point. It was my, I was going into my junior year, and he just let me have it. Uh, up until that point, I had a, ha, probably averaged probably like seven or eight points in, in my college career here. And he was like, can you just do me a favor? Just one thing. Can you just just average more than 10 points? And that's probably the memory that sticks out to me the most. And the following year, my junior year, I averaged like 10.9 points. And so I made him – I think I he was a happy camper after that. <laughs> <laughs> So have you had a really good interaction? I've had a lot of those. I've had quadruple the amount of great interactions than it is to bad interactions. One that sticks out the most, hmm. I would say after we beat Alabama in football, just being there for the field rush and taking the pictures and just being a part of that atmosphere, I mean, was a lot of fun. I had my cigar. I was smoking, taking selfies. I probably took like 100 pictures after the game, but that was probably my favorite interaction to date. What do you want your legacy to be known as when you leave Tennessee? Oh, boy. I want my legacy to be that I cared – more about other people than I did about myself. I was a selfless human being. I worked as hard as anybody. I worked for everything that, you know, I, I've i achieved and will achieve in my last year. And I just want to be known as somebody who was a great teammate and a great leader. That's good. Good leadership. Great teammate. Love it. All so- leaders, baby. <laughs> So, if you could pay to watch any teammate in, you know, 
the past years, the this year coming up, what teammate would you pay to watch? Watch him play basketball? Soccer. Yes, basketball. <laughs> um, hmm. I would say Urosh, just because Urosh is overseas now and it's hard for me to catch his games. So I'd probably say him. Okay. And y'all were boys. Yeah, that was my right-hand man. I hate that he's not here anymore. We, we still talk. We have a Snapchat streak. Me, him, and Olivier, we all three do. So we, we stay in contact. That's good. That's good. So I, this is a side question. So is the 32 points you lack a big deal to you? 32 points lack of what? A thousand. Really? No, because I can get that easy. It's going to be a couple of games for me to get that. Yeah, according according to your stat sheet, so we do a little research, <laughs> you have 968 points. Oh, yeah. Well, we can go ahead and mark that one off the list. That'll be – oh, thank you for the heads up. If you get it in the first game, I'll, I'll pay for your dinner. <laughs> Deal. I don't – I don't – I can't say that I'm confident that will happen, but – I, I'm glad the offer is on the table. <laughs> and so, just so you know, for your naysayer, your junior year, you averaged 10.3 points 10. a 3. game. Last year, you averaged 10.0. Okay. Got to uh, average 10 this year. God, I don't want him to get upset. I don't so, you're averaging it. nine for your career. Okay. So, it's possible to, <laughs> to get to that 10 overall. Yeah, we're going to have to do that. I don't want him to be upset at me. Then we can throw a shout-out to him. <laughs> hey, eat that. Exactly. You know, I end with two kind of tough questions, maybe. Who's your hero? It has to be my mom. Just for, you know, like the same reasons I gave you earlier, just the sacrifices that she made and she continues to make for me and my family to live comfortably, to, you know, enjoy what we're able to enjoy, but just the, the happiness that she brings to the people around her. And no matter what's going on in her life, she's always somebody who tries to put other others before herself. She, she wants everybody else to be happy and she gets so caught up in, and trying to please everybody else is sometimes that she doesn't, she does too much for other people that she doesn't do enough for herself. And I try to tell her that, but she's like the love that I have for her is, is 100% indescribable. She's like, like I said, my best friend, my rock, somebody who I lean on in good times and bad times. And she's just everything I want to be. The last one, um, you guys have a platform. And both of you, and I thought about this the other day because we did Kiki last week. I actually did Kirby kind of before that. And then doing you and all three of you being fifth year at UT and all three of you in three different sports having this incredible platform that you have. And out of that, all three of you have done uh, some pretty neat stuff because, um, like you, you've won the community service team. Kirby's been on it. Kiki's been on it. The SEC community service team. So, if you could solve one or two world problems, what would they be and why? I feel like it's the cliche answer, but definitely world hunger. I would say food is so near and dear to my heart just because food makes me so happy. And so when, you know, people and other countries and I got to see it firsthand in Africa when I was over there, just not be able to be fully nourished because I know when I'm when I'm starving, when I haven't gotten food in my system, I'm somebody you do not want to be around. And so just how they're able to live happily with so little, I would say solving world hunger. I, would, I wish that, you know, 
hopefully one day that could definitely be accomplished. And world, I mean, is, is world peace too much to ask for with everything that's going on? I mean, I know power is, is such a big thing, but it's really, in the grand scheme of things, it's one of the things that matters least because the power really isn't ours. And so we try to fight for so much power that really truly isn't ours. And I feel like if people just would live happily and less violence and less fighting and more talking and more forgiving and more empathy, uh, a lot could be solved. Yeah, the sad part of the world hunger one, and we kind of a little bit faced, I mean, I reckon it was a wake-up call for me. Like last Friday night, we here locally, we fed the football team, cheerleaders, band, and we, you know, had food left over. It was like, so what do we do with it? And like, the problem was for us, we had three full pans of lasagna and bread and corn and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, we started calling around trying to find people to give it to. And it kind of reminded me because the reality is it's not a lack of food. Yeah. It's a lack of food in the wrong places. For sure. If that makes 100, sense. 100%. Like it's, where there's an abundance of food, there's an abundance of food, but there's really no way in today's culture or today's world, there's no way to get the abundance because you don't know it's an abundance till it's too late. 100%, yeah. To get the abundance to those who don't have enough. Mm-hmm. I completely understand that, yeah. But it, it took us probably seven or eight phone calls to finally find somebody, you know, that... I could take it too. What's up? I got one question. Um, so you recently just had your pro day. Uh, talk to us about that. Yeah, pro day was a lot of fun. It was yesterday. We had 25 of the 30 NBA teams here, um, scouts from there. And basically, it's just like another practice for us with uh, a lot more eyes on us. You know, it's it's your chance to show what you're good at, show what you can bring to a team at the next level. And it was a lot of fun. I feel like it, re- it, did, it went really well. Everybody played well. Everybody helped themselves. And I'm excited to keep going. We got practice tomorrow. All right. I'd like to hear. So we close out with this um any nil deals or anything you want to give shout outs to no i'm good okay (laughs) no we just we like to give it and you know for some it is an opportunity to get something out yeah you know or you know we've had some guys over the last two years some young guys or guys that haven't played a whole lot that we've been able to help get nil deals that had none or you know and so we've been blessed with that so we always like to do that um so other other than through ut sports if people want to keep up with you do you do social media much if so give us those handles yeah my instagram is at josiah period j period james and I'm on there mostly, and that's it. Kirby? Uh, you can email us at volleyfingers at yahoo.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at volleyfingers. Or you can, you know, follow me on Instagram at kirbyconnell35. Um, I don't – I probably – Josiah's got more followers than me, so uh, y'all go follow him. So um, I hope you have enjoyed Stash Talk. Um, I have. Thank you for getting on here and letting us get to know you a little bit more and, you know, how you're the face of the franchise, the best from South Carolina and everything. <laughs> uh, you're you're boasting a little bit, but it's okay. It's, you're, it's still what you're supposed to do. <sighs> I appreciate you guys for having me. It's been a lot of fun. And hopefully when the season's over, we can catch back up. When both of our seasons are over. That sounds good to me. Awesome. I hope you have enjoyed Stash Talk. We'll see you all next week. Oh, 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 oh,